many of you feel like, man, I just need some prayer. There's a lot of stuff going on. I feel that way. And I'm sure that during the course of time, we feel that way. Things will come up in our families, in our work, finances, whatever. And we feel like we need prayer. Well, we just want you to know we have an awesome, powerful team of people who love to pray. And actually, if you look over in this direction, um, there's two doors, and that's our prayer room. And that's always open for you during the services to come in. And you just go in there and say to them, can you pray for me? And they will take it to the throne of heaven on your behalf. Okay, so prayer room over that way. Ushers, we're going to prepare to receive the offerings and tithes, if you will. You know, <clears throat> there's a lot going on. And yesterday, my 14-year-old grandson woke up, and he told his mom, I don't feel good. And we're such loving, compassionate women in my family that we looked at him and said, oh, it's probably the VOG. Take some allergy pills. You're going to be okay. Well, the day kept going on, and he wasn't feeling that great. And finally, in the evening, he went to his mom, and she um, actually is volunteering in the cameras right now. And she, she said to her, Mom, are you doing camera tomorrow? And she said, yeah, I'm doing second service. And he said, can I not go to church? Now, I looked at him immediately and said, wow, you must be sick. Because any chance that he has to be up here, he's here. He loves to be here. And it's not just him. Because if you come up here on a Thursday or a Friday night when we have our youth at 6.30, our kids are up here after school. There's youth hanging around up here because this is a church whose one of our core values is that we want to equip and invest in the next generation. And our youth leaders and, and this church in general does it so well that our youth come up here to hang around and to be around people who's going to love them, who's going to speak hope into them who's going to encourage them, invest in them, and say to them, you know what, there is a hope for you. And when you think about what's going on in this world, what place does that? What place welcomes teenagers and says, come up here, come, hang out. We want you to be here. Well, this is a church that does that. We love our youth. And when we get together at this time and we're bringing our tithes and offerings, we are getting to invest in the future. We're getting to invest in God's vision and in his heart. And it's not just for the youth. It's for all ages. It's for those who are um, hurting, those who are looking, those who are searching, those who are living out in Pune right now. We get to invest in making sure that they have hope, that they know there's a future for them. And so our tithes and offerings are partnering with God and saying, how do we be a part of the hope that you're bringing? Now, if you're from another church, we understand your tithes go there. If you're visiting here for the first time, then feel free. Sit down, listen to the message, receive the hope that God has for you. Understand that there's a future for you. But if New Hope is your home church, your heart pulls in what we're doing here. And this is where we get to say, Lord, we're on board. We want to partner with you. We want to bring hope, not just to the next generation, but to the generations all around us, into our community, into our state, and even into our nation. Would you bow your heads? And let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to be a congregation of people who partners with you, who hears your word, who brings hope. Would you help us to continue to do that, Lord God? And as we bring our tithes and our offerings to you, would you use that, Lord God, to advance and further your kingdom, to bring your hope and to bring your encouragement? And so, Lord God, we bring this all to you. We give it to you in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, we're, we're starting a series today called The Master's Class. And we're going to get to learn how to be a learner and how to learn from the ultimate teacher, 
our master. Every day, we are given opportunities to learn. Just think about our surroundings. From the moment we wake up in the morning to the moment we put our head down, we are in constant learning mode. Now we have a choice, however, when it comes to what we're going to let into our hearts and minds. Uh, just think about being in school. There is a teacher, you have students, there are books, computers, tablets, and desks, and all of these things are, are used to teach. Now you can receive it and allow what is being used to teach you to increase knowledge, or you can reject it. It's, it's really your choice. But here, here's the amazing thing. God surrounds us daily with His goodness and His presence and His creation to teach us more about Himself and at the same time, who we are in Him. God is the genius behind how we are to live and, and, and how we are to learn. And He's the one who gave us the greatest teacher this world has ever seen. In fact, even people who don't believe in Him call Him a good teacher. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the master and we are all in his classroom. Jesus is going to teach us how to live and, and, and how we are to learn as we listen to his words that have been written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. These are the words of Jesus and we are in the master's class. I'm so glad that we have the best teacher around in Jesus Christ, as well as this week is, uh, is it teacher appreciation week this week? So how many teachers, how many of you teach? You're a teacher in the schools and, or university, you teach. We've got to have teachers here. Okay, yeah, you might not want to raise your hand. You're thinking, I don't know. I don't want to be recognized. Well, too bad. We're saying thank you so much for being good teachers. Thank you for teaching our keiki. Thank you for all the sacrifices that you make. We appreciate you and all that you're doing. And, and what you're doing is you're, you're bringing value to these children. And I think all of us, if we understand that we can be students in God's classroom, then we can understand the value that God gave to us. Otherwise, if we think that God teaches us only on Sunday mornings, then we miss out on all the other learning opportunities. We are in the master's class 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're constantly learning from him, and he is constantly trying to teach us something. We're a learned creature. We are learning as we continue to grow up. We will never come to a place where we stop learning. We never come to a place where we say, ah, oh, I got it all together. I know everything. We used to think that. It was called 13. But now we understand there's so much more to learn. So we, we try to increase in knowledge. We try to increase our capacity of, of how effective we can be in the world. But that comes through learning. And because God is the best at this, he gave us the very best teacher in Jesus Christ. Did you know that many people, while Jesus was here on this earth, didn't believe he was the Son of God, but they did say that he was a good teacher. So if anything, even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, even if you don't believe that he is the Son of God, he is still a good teacher, and he is good at what he does, and the way he teaches is unlike any other. In fact, they would always say about Jesus, they would say, there's something different about this person, this, this rabbi, this teacher. Because he teaches with such authority. 
And because Jesus teaches with such authority, we have to ask ourselves why. Why, does he, why is it that Jesus teaches in this kind of way? Why is it that when Jesus spoke, people that surrounded him were, were amazed at the way he teached? Well, part of it is because he is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In other words, Jesus is the Word. He is the best Word that we can learn from. And us being a part of the master's class allows us to be the students in his classroom. So whatever surroundings we find ourselves in is going to now transition to just surrounding to classroom. And we're all in his classroom. We are all his students. And today as we kick off this series, the master's class, I want us to think about us as students, as learners from Jesus Christ. Or we use this word disciple. A disciple is a learner. Now, with what's been happening in the past couple of days, I'm sure we've been learning a lot. And part of it is, where do we go from here? What does it look like for us as a community? So today, I just want to bring some things to your attention. Some people were asking, what are we doing as a church? What are we doing as uh, our church? And, And how do we participate in the relief efforts? And how do we help uh, with those who are being affected right now. So a couple of things I want you to understand is when something of this magnitude takes place, uh, for us here at this church, one thing we do, first of all, is pray. We ask God for direction. Because one of the greatest things you will see in our community is how many people are willing to help. So many people flocked and rushed to help and uh, provided food and, and wanted to help with whatever they could and which can also lead to uh, disorganization and too many people or too many things. So we may think of it as, oh, we just want to help, which is great. At the same time, what we wanted to do was ask the Lord what part we get to play because we want to be in it for not just the beginning phase of it, but even afterwards, that there may be family members or people who have lost homes, which has already happened, that we still want to be there for them. So the initial rush of people and food and things, that's happening, and that's fine. So what we're going to do is look for a couple areas in, in, in uh, our, particip- our participation, what we get to participate with and what that looks like. So I met with our staff. I met with our other churches here on the Big Island, uh, our Foursquare churches. I also met with our, we call it Foursquare Disaster Relief, which is a ministry in our denomination that helps with disaster, uh, disasters like this. In fact, right now we're helping on Kauai, uh, Kauai, because Kauai is dealing with the flood. So it's like one disaster to the next. So we're, we're helping there. I have a conference call tomorrow morning with Foursquare Disaster just to see what specifically the needs are. I also, uh, met when, I, when I met with our staff, we had to put together a plan of what action are we going to take. So I'm just going to take you, take you through a couple of things. Uh, two, we have two objectives for us at this church. The first one is volunteers, that we are going to need volunteers. And if you, if you know sports, if you've ever played sports, there is always a go-to person when it comes to sports. If you're watching the NBA Finals and you are a Cavalier fan, there is only one person that you go to that you want to make the last game-winning shot, and his name is LeBron. LeBron. Yes, 
not Kevin Love, which may happen because he might pass, but there is always a go-to person. There's always a go-to person. The church is God's go-to person. That's who God says is going to make a difference. We, we take the game-winning shot. That is us, the church. You know how people will, and I'm sure you've been on Facebook and you'll, you'll see people posting different things and sometimes uh, it's a, a rumor and people get mad like, why are you saying that for? Don't spread rumors. And people fighting on Facebook and there's, you know, all different posts going back and forth and people want to scrap online and so they're snapping at each other and I'm just going to delete you and they feel tough. So now we're dealing with all of this misinformation. Well, some people even say things like this, why sense pray? The damage has already been done. Which then, people who are praying says, what do you mean, no sense pray? And now there's this other thing going back and forth. So I would say this. When, when people have a hard time with that and prayer and, and things, it's okay because that's, that's where they, they are right now. We don't need to debate with people. Our part is we get to pray because we know who we serve. We have a God who is bigger than anything we can ever imagine as well as any situation we may face. So prayer is very important. We must pray. And as we pray, we get to be a part of the solution that we're praying for. And that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit. At the same time, I do understand this side, our culture, right? Because the volcano is going up. And so our culture has different gods in the culture, which we know there is one true God. So as believers, I want to just encourage you that this is not the time to preach doctrine, this is not the time to preach doctrine. It's not the time to say what God is the true God. It's, it's right now, Jesus said, weep with those who weep. Mourn with those who mourn. So it's not the time to get into doctrine or theology. Right now is the time to weep with people, to empathize with people, and be there for them and love people. Even though you may disagree with people, even though you might find yourself in a circle of people praying and uh, you know God and they're praying to all different gods, you're okay you're okay. If you're there, then you get to bring in the presence of the Lord. So this is not a time for debating or things like that. It's a time for action to help those who are in need. That's the primary purpose of why God calls us the church. We don't need to defend God. He's doing great by himself. He's okay. But what we can do is be his hands and feet and love people towards him. And then he'll take care of the heart part of it. But our responsibility is to be the hands and feet uh, so we're, we're going to take a look at a couple things. One is the volunteers. Uh, we actually have on our website a place that you can uh, go to and then click a link that will show you the different areas to volunteer. And I want to show you this because this is our app. Our app also has a place where you can uh, give. And if you scroll down, it's going to say ways to give. And then you click that on. And it's going to take you to another page that gives you permission to continue on or gives the app con uh, permission to continue on. Fill out your information, and then you're going to put an amount in the place that says other. And then you're going to give a total. And in this illustration, we're just using $50. Make sure you put a decimal, a decimal point, uh, lest it be 5000 which is still okay, but just in case you weren't <laughs> accident. Uh, but then you're going to put Puna Relief. And then you're going to hit either debit or e-check. And then you're going to check, I authorize New Hope Hila Hawaii to collect whatever amount you feel the Lord asking you to. And then you're going to submit. And that goes into one account. 
and it's specifically designed for our second objective, which is hot meals that we're going to make food for people. Because believe it or not, even if you were to make sandwiches and things like that, and you take it down to the shelters, they cannot give it to the people by law because it's not from a certified kitchen. And some people were being upset. They're like, what do you mean certified kitchen? My kitchen is certified. I make musubis every single day for my kids. So, but they need, by law, a certified kitchen, which, thank you, Jesus, we have. So our heart is that, and we would love to collect enough and get enough volunteers to make breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If we're able to do that, we can do that. And there are other organizations that are helping. So we're trying to put together a list of, or slots, like who can help where and what that will look like. But what the finances go to is food. We're going to buy food, fresh food, so that we can make it and then deliver it to them. So in your bulletin, you have that uh, worksheet or that uh, form that Anella was talking about earlier, that if you fill that out, it will put you on our contact list so that if we, if we need people to deliver food or if you love to cook, just write in there, I, I want to cook, I want to help cook. Uh, you might not be able to cook for 150 people or 200, but you like cooking. You can help prep. You can uh, help in the kitchen. You can do things like that. Uh, let's just say you only have an hour and a half on one of the days, but you can deliver the food. We all can find areas to participate in. And I believe God has called us for such a time as this to help our brothers and sisters, our aunties and uncles, our family members who are in need. So those are the two objectives, volunteering and hot meals. And the volunteering, one of the key areas that they need is the overnight volunteering. And especially for tomorrow too, Monday, during the day, because a lot of the volunteers right now, Red Cross volunteers, uh, have to work tomorrow. They're going to go back to work. So if you click on that link on our website where it says to volunteer, you're going to see different time slots. And they're all in four-hour increments, four-hour increments. And you might think, I don't have four hours, but I have two hours. Then find another person to come with you or afterwards, and they'll take that second shift of two hours. But you'll still fill in a four-hour uh, time gap that needs to be filled in. Uh, so we want to be there for those, uh, for those time periods overnight, as well as during the day if, if you can. But the main ones are overnight. There are not too many people who can stay overnight. And then for us as a church, we want to be in it for as long as we can, as long as we're able, as long as we have volunteers. And imagine if all of us did one thing. We have like 400-something people here. And this is just this service. We have three services first, second, and then third service. So if all of us did one thing, we could probably take care of half the year or go for a couple more months just with the time slots. And then with giving, if we're able to give, we'll be able to feed people who are in need right now. Those are our two objectives. And it's, we're partnering with the Red Cross and different organizations. And of course, our city uh, civil defense, our county and state officials. So Check that out, our website links, or go to our information center because they can help you there also. Someone asked this question. Pastor, what if during service there is an earthquake? It's a good question. I'm going to ask Pastor Tom to come up, and he's going to share a little bit. What would we do in the event of an earthquake? So would you welcome up with me Pastor Tom Krieger? As a share? Good morning. Okay. So if there's an earthquake now, we cannot determine, you know, what, uh, how damaging it will be once we start feeling the shakes. Because 
some people, and I understand, we go into fear mode because we're wondering what's going to happen. Yeah, we won't know the strength of the earthquake or anything like that. And things will fall and shake. But the biggest thing we can do is to keep calm. We have 400 people plus in here. Can you imagine if you all get in a panic and stampede out? We're going to be hurting each other. We do more damage to ourselves than what the earthquake would. So the first thing would be to stay calm. Um, realize the doors that you guys came in may not be the door to exit after the shaking subsides. You know, we have other wooden doors on the front of the stage, a couple on this side, and you need, need to know which ones go outside and not into another room. Like the first single door goes into the stage behind, behind the stage. Yeah, don't go through these doors, this door right here, because this is what will happen. So if you go in this door, and you're running, you're going to be in another, <laughs> another room, and then you're going to come back here, and then you're going to run. You're going to be like, where do I go? Where do I go? Oh, there's the oh. exit. Yay. Here he is. So then you come out this door, <laughs> and then you're back to the beginning. So do not go in those doors. Uh, do not go in that door back there, because you're going to walk into a closet, and you'll be like, I'm trapped. And then you don't want to go into the prayer room unless you definitely need prayer during the earthquake. You're going to be stuck in there too. Don't go back here, because those are offices. So just know where you need to go, and... And Don't then, panic. Yes, and just keep calm. The biggest thing is to keep calm. We have a lot of glass in this building. We have glass windows, glass doors, glass above the walls here. So if you get in a panic and start running out of here when things are shaking and rolling, you may get hurt more. Wait, stay calm. And one way to stay calm is to care for the person next to you. Focus on the people around you. You can get down on the floor underneath the chairs if it happens to be bad. The chairs can take the impact of the falling debris, if there's any. And then if you're looking for the other person next to you to take care of, it's like a mom taking care of her sons. All of a sudden, the mom is brave, caring, and not panicking. That's the same thing with us. We can care for each other, and we can stay calm. We can get out. Now, we also have children in the youth wing, and many of you are parents, and you're going to want to run over there and get them. But know that they're going to have a place to go to as well. They need to stay calm on that side. When the shaking stops, then they're going to evacuate out to the parking lot or to the big field. Um, and then we can reconnect with them after that. Um, traffic coming in and out of the parking lots. We need to keep lanes open for the emergency vehicles. You know, if there's damage, there's people hurting. And so we have ushers. You need to follow instructions given by the ushers and the parking lot people. But the biggest thing is keep calm mm -hmm. and care for each other, care for the kapuna, the children, the keikis, and just love each other. Just stay calm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know some of you are thinking, I thought we're not supposed to go under things. What Pastor Tom meant is if you need to, just kneel be beside the chair. And it's, yes. it's, a, it's a, I forget what it's called, like a triangle. You look for the triangles, right? If you... Um, know that study that they did is when things like that happen, there are triangles that take place next to the items that get crushed. So if you go under something that can get crushed, if you're next to it, it'll hold up whatever got crushed. And then you can be right here in the little, you remember we used to make little tents when we were kids? Yeah, kind of <laughs> like that. So just a little tent of, you know, steel. So this building is pretty hefty. In fact, the 6.9 that happened, the only things that uh, got affected were the Projectors, they were crooked this morning, and a little crack in the ceiling from the uh, shaking, which was from... The, the crack in the drywall? They were no, there. No, no. 
Uh, oh, that one was already there? That was uh, that one is there. That's the, the one you and Pat one. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, maybe if that was already there, then that's fine. But yeah, we, I, we had a couple of ceiling towers fall, but... Yeah, yeah. some fell right over <laughs> this area. They got right in the blue shirt. Right over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it's, everything's good. Everybody's like, which one? I'm going to move. Uh, and there, the tiles are light. It's, I don't even know what it's made out of. Yeah, some it's kind of... It's not that heavy. Yeah. Uh, it might break your nail, so if you just had a pedicure. Yeah. But if you get below the height of the chair, the backrest, the seat, that would take the impact. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that'd be safer than standing tall. Yeah. And it's the thing is to stay safe, um, to stay calm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is that it, Pastor Tom? For now. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Tom. I want to take you to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, and this will help us to kind of navigate where we are right now as a church and, and who God has called us to be because this is, this is the time where we put all of our practice or all of our, yeah, all of our times of practice and training to use. This is, our, this is our game time. Everything that we have been doing comes to times like this. And in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus gives a great teaching. And once again, he is, he is the master at teaching and he, he has all of us in his classroom and he says this, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. By the way, this is not in your notes, but it is in your Bible. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. So... A group of them got prepared. The other group didn't get prepared. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us, for both us and you. Instead, Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. In other words, they're saying, go do right now what you should have done earlier. Take care of what you need to right now, which is what you should have done earlier. But now you're, you're taking away from the specific time that you were preparing for, but you didn't prepare enough. This is the moment that you should have been ready for. In verse 10, while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. So all that they've been waiting for is a miss because they were not prepared for that specific moment. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. In verse 11, later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And just think about it. We, we didn't know this was going to happen on a specific day. We didn't know what was specifically going to take place and how it would affect every single person, especially those living out in Leilani Estates. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen. And what Jesus is saying is, you don't know when these things take place. You don't know when I'm going to return. But you can prepare as best as you can for it. For us as a church, that's what we want to do. All the times we've been going to Bible studies or coming on Sunday mornings or being a part of rooted and growing and, and learning from the Lord, 
doing our devotions and, and, and reading scripture and, and worshiping him and praying to him, it comes down to moments like this. And I know there are things happening in our very own families that we need God for. And then there are times where we, as the body of Christ, step up and say, Lord, how do I, how do I play a part in this? Where can I help and what does that look like? What part do I play? And he says, now is the time. This is when you rise up because we're the go-to player. This is, this is who God relies on. And believe it or not, many of the people in the community, they look to us as believers in how we're going to represent God and, and how we're going to be utilized by God in, in this kind of way. So you can make such an impact right now in a time as such as this through these two areas that we're looking at, our volunteer time and then, of course, our resources so that we can make food for those who are in need. But that first story that Jesus gave is all about getting prepared. It's about having that game time mentality. It's the game-winning shot on the, line, on the line, and God is going to his go-to player, and that's us as the church. And the question is, will we deliver? Will we be able to come through and take that final shot and get that game-winning shot off so that as our community is suffering right now, we can bring hope and restoration. We can bring that victory that can only come from God, but we got to do this together. So that's, that's one of the areas that Jesus looks at. The other area is found in verse 31, same chapter, chapter uh, 25 of the book of Matthew. And he begins like this in verse 31. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. In other words, Jesus is saying, you know when you do kind things to people and you take good care of people and you, you give, you provide, you volunteer, you, you, you cook and you, you do what we were planning to do, he's saying, you're doing that to me. So if we've ever been a believer who said, I love you, God, Jesus is saying, your love and measure for me is not what you say, it's what you do. That's, that's your measure. That which you do unto the least of these is what you're doing unto me. So if you're saying, no, I love you with all that I have, all of my heart, okay, I'm not looking at anything else but your heart, and here's how I measure it. I'm going to measure it by how well you put this into action. That's how he measures it, and he does such a good job at that because he, he's not a judgmental father. He's an encouraging one. He's saying, here's an opportunity right now to show your love for me. Go help with your brothers and sisters and those who are in need right now. 
And so he's teaching this. And he continues. He said, then, then he will say to, to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. By the way, the eternal fire, which we know as hell, was not prepared for you and I. So God, doesn't, God didn't make hell for us. The Bible clearly states that God made hell for the devil and his angels, not for you and I. And you might be thinking, well, how come people go to hell? No, people choose that. You might be thinking, I'm not choosing hell. I'm not going to choose that. Why would anyone want to choose that? That's the whole reason why God calls us to be a light into the world, so that we can reach people for him. Because anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what Jesus is bringing is a choice that people make. I have, I have a choice to give you eternal life. Or the choice that you have is eternal life. Or you can choose to be eternally separated from me. It's your choice, but I'm going to provide you that opportunity to call upon me. So he continues and he says, For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger in needing or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? So they're looking for him as that person. Like, we didn't even see you. So how can you say we didn't help? We didn't even see you. He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So all that God has called us to be, all that he has called us to do, and how we are to be in the world is, is magnified in times like this. For people who are in need right now, we are that go-to player. God has called us to be that. You may have family members and friends who are in need. Please let us know if they have specific needs because sometimes those details can get lost in the organization of things and we can miss the actual needs of people when it's organized well. It'll be organized, but sometimes we can miss on people and you might have more details on someone needs uh, just to take a shower or things like that. And just to let you know, we are a secondary shelter. A secondary shelter means once all the primary shelters are taken up, then we can open our doors. And we're a part of uh, that organization where once that happens, then our doors are open. But until then, we're going to be the ones who provide volunteers and the ones who can provide the resources so that we can feed people. And I think together, collectively, when we do this, we'll be able to take care of our brothers and sisters. I don't want to be the foolish ones like how Jesus was talking about with the wedding banquet and miss the wedding banquet. This is our opportunity to shine for Christ and not in any religious way. So this is not about our church. We're not, we're not going in the name of New Hope. We're just going in the name of the Lord to bring food to people. You don't have to tell anybody what church you go to. They might ask you, oh, where are you from? You can say, oh, I'm from Hilo. I'm from wherever. They might ask what organization just for, uh, 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 what do we call that? Not safety, but just for clarification, just to make sure you're part of something. Uh, and then you can, of course, say New Hope Church, but... It's, it's more than just a church thing. It's really who God has called us to be in a, in a specific time like this. And as we do this, we want to be in it for, the, for as long as possible. So the, the immediate need would be tomorrow, which is Monday, and they need volunteers. 
as well as the finances that we're bringing in, we're going to start cooking for Tuesday. They said they're okay until Tuesday. So we're preparing for that and we're putting together even our cooks, that schedule, what that would look like, and the kitchen crew that will be available for that. So please be a part of it. Pray and ask the Lord what part you get to play. Uh, and then if you have immediate needs, let us know. Or prayer, please let us know. We also have on our website, if you have family members who need prayer, on our website we have our prayer request on our app, prayer requests, and then we can definitely be praying for them. Uh, and then as the body of Christ, be with people, give them encouragement, uh, lead them like the Lord would. Organizations will fail, finances will fail, even our cooking may fail, but the Bible says love never fails. And if we can love people towards Jesus and love people where they're at and weep with those who are weeping right now, then we'll be okay as a, as a, as a community, as an island, and as a state. We can show the world how strong this state is in our love for God and our love for people. And we already see that happening. But just in case people are falling through the cracks, please let us know how we can help and how we can serve you and your families or even friends that you may know of. And then together we can make this happen. Amen? We can do this. Uh, we're going to receive a special offering. Some of you were asking earlier. Are we also going to receive a special offering? Yes, we are. Some of you are giving through the app, so that's a part of the giving. But this offering uh, that we're doing is for those who may want to write a check or if you wanted to give a cash on hand, that's fine too. We just wanted to give uh, however uh, many opportunities or many avenues in which we can give so that our relief efforts can be that much more. But uh, some of you were wondering, well, what's the message today? When are we going to get to the message? That was the message. We are God's messengers, so we get to go out. We'll, we'll catch the, the message that we plan for uh, at some later time, but this is the time and the need right now, and we just follow His Spirit, whatever He wants us to do, and we'll go and do that, okay? So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and, and close your eyes for a moment as we pray, and I'm going to ask the ushers to get ready, and then our worship team can come up right after that. So, Lord, we just, we're so grateful, Lord, that we get to participate in this way, whether it's through volunteering, whether it's through giving. Lord, we just need your direction. So, Holy Spirit, come now and empower us so that we can be in step with you. We also pray for those who are living in Leilani Estates and those who have had to evacuate. Lord, we pray for your peace and your comfort. We pray that you would provide we also pray that you would surround them with your goodness as well as your peace. We pray for your protection over all the homes, Lord. These are people's dream homes and where they grew up. And we pray that you would somehow, Lord, divert the lava, divert whatever, in whatever direction it needs to go so that it's away from homes and people. And we know you see greater things ahead. We know that our future and hope is in you. So we trust you with everything that we have, but we also keep our eyes fixed on you. We pray for our family members who are right now fearful. Some of us are fearful. Lord, you said that perfect love casts out all fear. So Lord, would you just build in us and, and, and pour into us your perfect love so that we can be that strength to our community and our loved ones. And we pray for all those who are right now in the shelters that you'd watch over them through the night. Protect the homes from anyone who is going around and, and uh, doing evil things. We pray against that spirit in the name of Jesus that you'd protect the homes from anyone wanting to bring in damage or anyone 
who is looting out there. We know that you are a good God and you are a good teacher. And we are all in your, in your class. Thank you for being our master. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And we all sit together. Amen.